Hey, this is Dan Wickland, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Wednesday. We're going to talk some comics. We're really excited to have Sebastian Major from Our Fake History back on the show. Today we talk about everything from Canadians to Kryptonite, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you're checking out Our Fake History on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere you get your podcast. You'll love it, just like you're going to love this conversation. All right, it's Wednesday. We're going to talk some comic books, and we are super honored to have Sebastian Major from Our Fake History on the show. Sebastian, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great. So tell us a little bit about Our Fake History. Our Fake History is a podcast about historical myths. So I look at stories that people often think are real history. They think these stories really happened. But they might just be legends or misconceptions that got wrapped up into the historical record somewhere along the way. So on my show, I try and separate the fact from the fiction and then just tell a bunch of great stories. Nice. And speaking of great stories comics that's you know modern i hate to say fairy tales but you know when i think of comics when i think of people like captain america or batman superman to me that's our paul bunyan our hercules king sure. arthur stuff like that and matter a lot of those characters show up in the comics and yeah with that they've there's a lot of interesting legends and stuff around comics but what's neat about comics is since it's an evolving platform an evolving story is you can have somebody can say something and five ten twenty years later a new writer can come in and be like well we're going to make that we're going to confirm that or no that was a fever dream or an alternate reality and so today i just kind of want to talk about some of our favorite comic stories some myths that are out there um one of my favorite myths actually it's been proven was Wolverine. Everybody loves Wolverine. I don't hey, personally, but uh, you're Canadian, so I know I'm you a have Canadian, to. And so he makes Canada seem cool. And I love that in the Marvel comic book universe, the Canadian government is this like crazy evil force that is out there creating like super villains for uh, people to fight. So, uh, but big ups to Wolverine. He's from Alberta, Canada, and uh, so that makes me proud personally. That's 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 fair. I just from the '90s cartoon. I'm a Cyclops fan, so like Wolverine was always trying to get Cyclops' girl, and I'm like, you, you're dirty. You stop. But originally, it came to light that he was going to be a mutated Wolverine, like an actual animal Wolverine, and that story kind of got scrapped. And then it was also his claws were only going to be on his gloves. Well, then that story got scrapped and so i think that's a good example of a character that is so popular that myths kind of get attracted to him and people want there to be something and even writers try and do stuff out of that i mean do you think it would have hurt his character if it was like oh no he's actually this giant rodent man he's not a a human that's mutated he's a a, a wolverine that's mutated 
Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like characters like that already exist, not just in the Marvel world, but specifically in X-Men, right? Beast is basically that, right? Uh, so I, I think it would have hurt his character, and I think it would have made him uh, way less memorable. Um, and I know the character of Wolverine has evolved since he was first introduced. Didn't he fight the Hulk the first time he was... Uh, yeah, he debuted, yeah, he debuted in, in the Hulk, and... I mean, anytime you have superheroes meet up, they have to fight the first time. That's just right. a, yeah. a trope of comics. But yeah, yeah, that's where he first showed up. That Hulk was up in camping trip in Canada or trying to isolate himself or <laughs> something the Hulk uh, was doing. I, I don't remember. I, I'm failing as a comic book nerd right now. But No, it's, it's all right. But also you have to understand one thing that is uh, true about Canadians, and I'm sure if you have any Canadian listeners, they might not like me saying this, but Canadians like to sometimes think that we are like holier than thou when it comes to our relationship with the United States. But in real life, we are so excited when America pays attention to us. And so to think that let's like the Hulk was here and our superhero <laughs> fought him. Uh, that is like, you know, a Canadian dream. So I don't know, you know, don't at me other Canadians <laughs> if you think I'm selling us out here, but you, we know it's true. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I always, I'd always heard Canada described as like, the nice loft apartment above a party house. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that was a Robin Williams joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, they're all nice and polite and fancy up there, and here we are down here. Uh, but with Wolverine, you know, it, it's interesting to see that character develop. And I think it's kind of weird when you look at DC superheroes because they are considered God. I mean... Wonder Woman, depending on the writer, is a god. Sure. Superman practically is. Batman. And I think that there's, aside from one or two little things, even though those characters have been around longer, it seems like they don't have as, like, their stuff is pretty cut and dry. As opposed to the Marvel heroes who are more humanized. You know, they have real problems. And with real problems, we can relate to them and we kind of want, a little more out of them, I think. Um, have you kind of noticed that dynamic between the, especially the original DC, you know, your big seven, your Justice League versus, let's say, the X-Men or Spider-Man or somebody? Yeah, I mean, okay, when I was a kid, um, I was a Spider-Man fan. That was my go-to comic book. And part of it is that I, I think it was just the art, first and foremost, is what I found so cool. Like, Spider-Man has the coolest poses, Right, like no one kind of comes alive on a on a panel like Spider-Man because he he puts his limbs in like crazy places and that looks really cool. Um, and uh, and and there was something about his superpowers that were like really fun, but then also like Spider-Man could get the crap kicked out of him a little bit by a stronger person. Like he had super strength, but it wasn't like lift a car super strength. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there's something about that where it's sort of like he's powered up kind of just the right amount. Um, and that made him sort of relatable and that sort of made it fun. And, and it made you kind of think like, maybe, I, maybe I could maybe do that, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously not, but you know, I, I, as much as there's been a lot of kids that, you know, put a cape around their neck and, and zoom around, pretend to be Superman. Um, as soon as you start sort of looking at the Superman comics, you just go like, oh, man, this guy's an impossibly, impossibly good or impossibly powerful, I think is 
and, I, and I'm not the first person to point that out, right? I know a lot of people out there feel that Superman is overpowered, um, and I have to agree. I have to agree with that. But you know what? I think I think Marvel has done a better job of making their their superheroes relatable. The big exception to the rule, though, is Batman. Batman is awesome. Batman is so interesting. I find people get their hands on that Batman story and tell it in really weird and fascinating ways. And uh, now, okay, you you probably know this better than I do, but in like the 90s, who's that famous comic book writer? Is it Grant Morrison? Am I thinking of the right person? Well, um, in the 80s, you had Frank Miller do like The Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight yeah. Returns and Year One. And then, yeah, in the 90s and 2000s, Grant Morrison came in and he did like the Justice League and the Batman R.I.P. and uh, yeah, all that, that kind of stuff. That's what I'm thinking of. So to bring it sort of back to sort of what I love, which is sort of the mythology, Grant Morrison got into this thing called the Black Casebook, uh, which was he went back and looked at like the entire world of Batman comics going back to even the goofiest stuff from, like, the 1960s. Zurin uh, Raw or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you know, exactly. Batman from another planet or, uh, you know, like, the idea that there's different Batman in different countries and, like, the Batman in France is kind of like a Three Musketeers d'Artagnan kind of character, right? Uh, and then bringing them all in, bringing all of that deep Batman mythology into a, a very dark, very strange, very 90s uh, story um, with that arc there. And actually, it was that that kind of got me back into comic books as a, an adult. Um, I had a friend who was like, oh, man, if you have not seen this Grant Morrison Batman run, you got to check it out. And he he gave me all these comic books and I was enthralled. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is really deep. I loved how weird it was. I loved how out there it was. And I think what it showed is that you could tell so many interesting stories with that character. Um, and I think the movies have shown that, that that's a character that has been evergreen uh, more so than than a lot of other characters. Um, and... Uh, and it, I think there, there's something about Batman that um, that allows for you know a lot of different types of storytelling, and so he is the DC character that I think has 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 weathered the storm better than others. And ironically, or maybe appropriately, he's the one with no superpowers. Yeah, talking about Superman and being invincible in the storytelling, the few myths that I've found about Superman involve kryptonite and creating his weaknesses and things like that. And a lot of people don't know, originally Superman couldn't fly. It was just leap tall buildings in a single bound. You even go back to the Fleischer cartoons, which are some of my favorite. Now, they're yeah. definitely products of their time. There's <laughs> You, you got to know that going in, uh, much like yeah. when we talked about Walt Disney yesterday. But when he became a radio show, you know, they had, you weren't able to convey stuff as well on radio. I'm a huge radio show person and there's always these rumors of, oh, well, they invented kryptonite and flying for the radio show so that way they could have him when the actor was sick, oh, he got hit by kryptonite and so this kryptonite changed his voice and that's why it's a different person. And again, it's one of those that there's some truth to, but 
I, I think that because he's so powerful, like that's where the rumors come from is, well, you, to make him not all powerful, that's why they invented this. And people would write themselves into a corner and like, uh, pink kryptonite, yellow kryptonite, gold kryptonite, rainbow kryptonite, you know, whatever. And you can really deep dive into the legends behind all the different kryptonites. And I think that's interesting that, you know, that's where you get your stories from Superman is how to make him human is a myth. And I, th- I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, right. I, that's that is interesting. I did. I'd not ever heard that about the the birth of kryptonite. Um, yeah. I, Again, you know, I, I am sort of fascinated by that, you know, that 90s run where they decided to kill Superman. And I just remember that being everywhere. When, and I think you and I are, are roughly the same age or maybe, okay, maybe you're a little younger than I am. But like uh, he I, I remember that just being everywhere and like kids coming to school with T-shirts like R.I.P. Superman. And, you know, it's perfect for that kind of grunge era, right, where, like, everything was a little more gloomy. It's like, yeah, even Superman's dead, yeah. man. <laughs> there, There's a funny story behind that is originally it was just going to be – he was only going to die for, like, two months, you know. it was. Right. Just, but then the mainstream media caught a hold of it because nobody talked comics back then outside of, you know, those of us that went to the shops or whatever. Sure. And then the new, you know – NBC, CBS, CNN, they all got a hold of it. And the DC was like, well, now we have to make it something. <laughs> now we have to. And, uh, but again, that goes back to, okay, when Superman's at his weakest, that he's literally, well, kind of dead. Uh, that's where you get the stories of, oh, well, there was this behind the scenes thing where they had to make the story longer because people wanted Superman dead. And But yeah, the when you had the forced other Superman come in and everything that was, I remember the, the book had the black cover on it with the bleeding logo. And yeah, I was, I thought it was cool because you can't kill Superman and now he's dead. Right. But they, but then once you use that story, then you can't really do it again, right? It's like, well, we killed him, and then everyone caught wise to like, well, he's not really dead, and maybe some of these guys are robots, and like, you know, whatever all the sort of spinoffs were to kind of get around the Superman's dead thing. Uh, Like, I mean, you know, once they sort of used that one up, like, you've kind of shot your bullet, you know? That's it. Yeah. Well, especially because before that, you'd have characters die and come back all the time, so a death didn't mean any... I mean, it still doesn't, but... Sure. Yeah, that's the problem when outsiders get a hold of our nerd culture. We <laughs> they have to change it and they ruin it for us. But sure. it's great. Um, but yeah, so there's so many things out there in comics, and I think it's really neat. Whether you are talking about the larger than life Superman or even you know the X Men with all the civil right allegories and stuff, yeah. there, there's a lot out there, and it's really neat. And I'd love to hear what people out there think, you know. Do you think Wolverine would have been better as a house pet that got <laughs> bitten by a radioactive person? Or I, I don't know what the original story arc for that was. I just know that that was the original plan. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, drop us a line, comments below on SoundCloud or on social media. Just look for The Night Nerd. Sebastian, where can they find you out there? 
you can always go to my website. That's ourfakehistory.com. Uh, uh, I haven't said this the last few days, but you can also find the podcast on any podcast app you're using. Probably should have been saying that. <laughs> Uh, but I think people get that. They know how to get podcasts. Uh, you can, if you want to talk with me, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Our Fake History, or you can go to the Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com slash Our Fake History. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check it out. It's a great show. I, there, my kid overheard me listening one episode, and he was like, Dad, I want to listen to that. Can we listen to that more? So I'm actually going back and listening to some of the older episodes with him and stuff, and it it's a great show. It it really is, uh, and that. Thanks, man. That that's so nice. It's always like it's the sweetest thing when I hear that people listen with their kids. Uh, that that makes me feel real good. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on, and uh, join us tomorrow when we look at more history and more myths, and we'll see you then.